Welcome back to The Reducer with me, Howard H. Smith, lead scum. Also, I have uh, David Klein, Liverpool scum. Yeah, we're back to a full squad this week. Don't ruin uh, it. I... Don't spoil it. Just say hello. <laughs> You're being introduced, not everybody else. All right. I want to be the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Howard. <laughs> hey, no problem, David. Uh, and also with us, as uh, I was, uh, as previously mentioned, uh, it is uh, Man City scum himself, Dave Rothney. Thanks very much. Sorry I've been off, but I'm, I imagine you've got some 16-year-olds from Bootle to fill for the last few weeks. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, injuries, injuries. Yeah, we'll just wheel out our fucking world-class youngsters. We'll get a go. And they'll batter everybody, shall they? Eh? Yeah, the most unhappy fan when Liverpool are doing well, David Klein. Um, so, anyway, look, let's start with... Oh, and and, to, and my, my adage is... You can never predict. So it could have gone either way. It could have been a complete shit show. Kids sort of like rabbits in headlights. Or it could have been as it was. Brilliant. The, the, Full the, of confidence. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's, uh, that, that's, just that's Dave just running, the agenda. That's Dave just running through <laughs> what might have happened that didn't happen. Yeah. Just in case anybody was wondering if you were in a parallel universe there. Yeah. Um, so the big game, obviously, Leeds Leicester last Friday. Um uh, yeah, uh, top of the table, top two, um, and for 80 minutes, I mean, Leeds, we're on a run of um, eight wins in the championship in a row. Um, uh, the only game that we've drawn this season was um, an FA Cup tie against Plymouth, which we then turned around at their place. Um, so, but eight wins on the bounce in the league. Um, Leicester come, and I have to say, absolutely fucking spanked us for 80 minutes they had our number they could have been i mean with var they would have been two nil up uh so there you go great glad var is not a thing um (laughs) and um yeah just uh, it it, that's how that's how it worked that's how it went and um and then uh farker made a couple of substitutions now the interesting thing is here uh, um, he brought on Connor Roberts to play uh, right back, moved um, uh, the wonderful Archie Gray, 17-year-old Archie Gray, from right back to left back where he has never played and took off Junior Firpo, our Brazilian left back who used to play for Barcelona. Um, and uh, to, yeah, so Archie Gray could play there for the first time in his career. Um, he also brought on um, Dan James and Patrick Bamford. And from that point, it started changing the game. And as I'm sure many of you are aware, um, it was 1-0 to Leicester at 80 minutes. It finished 3-1. The um, uh, equalising goal was called by scored by Connor Roberts, who was a sub that was brought on. The, um, uh, uh, the goal to make it 2-1 was scored by Archie Gray, playing left back for the first time ever. And the final goal was Dan James, who was brought on as a sub, Hit a free kick, which sub Patrick Bamford kneed in through the wall uh, <laughs> to make it 3-1. So, uh, you know, a real, uh, as much as it's being couched as like, you know, with smash and grab and all the rest of it, um, very much everything Farker did turned the game. Um, but it has to be said that it was an incredible atmosphere. Incredible atmosphere. Um, and it was Far- a wonderful Farker game. Farker did a clop. He did yes, he did. He did. Um, and to be fair, yeah, just wonderful atmosphere. Now, 
One thing that's happened since then is that um, uh, a lot of Leicester fans got the hump about the fact that, um, oh, it was their cup final and, oh, celebrate like the one league. You know? And um, that sort of got me to thinking, it just seems to be, that seems to be happening all, all over the place, is the, the celebration police, um, which is a, ter <laughs> which, a term that seems to have emerged over the last sort of few weeks, nay, months, um, it, there's even a term for these miserable bastards who somehow just want to fucking rob everybody of their joy. It's what the fuck are you watching football for if it's not to go fucking mental when things go well? And yeah, we, we are well aware that we haven't won the league, but we were outplayed for 80 minutes and we're losing 1-0. We've got the best defence in the league. We've got the best home record in the league. We, we, we'd we won every game for eight games and we were getting spanked 1-0 and it should have been two or three. And we turn it around and win 3-1 and equal a club record nine wins in a row. Of course, we're entitled to fucking celebrate. Well, oh, there's, an old, there's an old term to cover that people's gripes about celebration and it's called sour grapes. Yeah, wonderful. Excellent. Huh? Um, wow. It is, but I prefer Celebration Police and it's a little more punchy <laughs> and up to date, really. But um, um, yeah, I, I'm, and, you know, look, Arsenal have been accused of it. Um, Liverpool have no doubt been accused of it at some point. City have probably been accused of it. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I think, I think it was Carragher, wasn't it, who started it to an extent on the pundit side? It was when Arsenal, who did they beat? And Arteta was uh, celebrating, and it, and it was Carragher said they should just go down the tunnel, they've not won the league. Or it was Gary Neville, it was either Neville or Carragher, they're interchangeable. Well, it was us, they beat Liverpool. Yeah, that's right. And they said you should just get down the tunnel, it's immature. Uh, and it was quite, I think it was Carragher that said that. And it was very funny after the, obviously, which we're going to come on to discuss after the Carabao Cup final on the, uh, on Sunday, there was a meme going around straight after it from an Arsenal fan saying there uh, with a picture of Carragher just saying, just get down the tunnel. <laughs> you know, I mean, because it is, it's, you can accuse any, if it's not your team, you're going to accuse them of over-celebrating. But when it's your team and you win. I remember Gary Neville sprinting the entire length of the pitch once to celebrate yeah. uh, in front of Liverpool fans. So, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. with, I'm with Howard. There's no point following football no. if you're not going to celebrate when you win. Yeah. Also, let, let has have any of us here and anybody listening, have you ever been celebrating something for your that your side have done and gone, oh actually I might I might be overdoing it a bit here. Uh, <laughs> well actually <laughs> hang on. I need to rein it in a bit. <laughs> let me just calibrate my celebration. <laughs> it's not a thought process, yeah. is it? You no. just go fucking mental. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Unless, unless it's the community shield. I mean Pretty straightforward. The rules of celebration, everything but the community shield. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think that's. Or, I think that's fair or to say. if you were a very well-respected player at a former club and you score against them. Yeah. Discuss the non-celebration celebration. Yeah. So if you played yeah. for a club, you were a legend at a club, and then you go somewhere else, then you come back to play your former club and you score celebration. No. I, I think that's bollocks. No, it's not bollocks. You see it all the time. Yeah, no, I think yeah, but I think it's bollocks. I think I think they're just fucking ballless idiots. They're fucking who are you who's paying you? Who's paying you? What's the what is the point of you? <laughs> it's scoring goals, isn't it? Are you scored and you're not gonna celebrate, you fucking dickhead? You'll Dave, have can, years. Dave, can you mediate? Mediate. Hang on, on you'll have years room. when you're retired to not celebrate. <laughs> fucking years. I mean, I do I, I I kind of as ever, I will tread the middle line here. That I do think when it's um when so for example when Lampard 
um, was at City, which he should never have been at City. He was supposed to have signed for New York City. And then we said, oh, we'll have him on loan, actually. Um, and then he scored against Chelsea. Um, and, you know, he didn't celebrate. And I think that's utterly... I mean, I think that was genuine. Frank Lampard was never going to celebrate against Chelsea. That's a genuine feeling. He'd been, you know, he's a club legend. And he happened to be at Man City for a rogue season, scored against Chelsea, yeah. But I was at the Chelsea City game with couple of weeks ago when when Sterling scored and uh, it's I mean now it's right it is funny because I know the circumstance I mean we loved Sterling and he got a decent reception again and uh but you know when he left City he'd fallen out of Guardiola you know he was seething he didn't even attend the trophy parade after we you know he set up the winner for Gundogan against Villa he didn't even achieve uh, attendance trophy parade left for Chelsea and I said in interviews since you know he was really fed up when he when he left City um and yeah, he scores a great goal against City and, and he did the whole kind of arm straight down in front of him. You know, you could see that he just wanted to just kind of run up and up to Guardiola on the bench and just give it. But he didn't, you know, it was very respectful. But you sort of feel there's a bit of virtue signaling going on there. And really, come on, Raz, you know, yeah, I bet, I bet in the changing room he was, you know, kicking the walls after the game, you know, it was. But yeah, so I kind of agree. We played um, we played Swansea this season, and uh, Joel Perrault, who we bought from them in the summer, scored and celebrated. And some of the Swansea fans were just uh, were, were like, you know, fucking hell, just you know, re- just remember who who you know who got you your move to Leeds. Just remember, like you know, who's established you as a footballer. And all the Leeds fans were going, he played for you for two seasons. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> forget yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like Romelu uh, Lukaku not celebrating when he scores against West Brom because he was there for one season on loan. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I kind of, and as a fan, as a supporter, whatever we want to call ourselves, I do like the pantomime villain thing. I mean, I still think Emmanuel Adebayor's celebration yes. <laughs> when he left Loved Arsenal it. and he scored for City against Arsenal, ran the full length of the pitch just so he could celebrate in front of the Arsenal fans. I mean, uh, that was. <laughs> that Brilliant. took that took style, in my opinion. <laughs> that's mm, class. Yeah. Massive balls. And the thing is, as well, is that you think at the time you thought, "Fucking hell, that's a bit dangerous." And it's like, "Well, no, this is this is a man who has been lying on the floor of a bus while it gets pumped full of bullets." Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, he's <laughs> he, he knows what dangerous is. Yeah, it ain't celebrating in front of a load of fucking. Casual Arsenal fans who've made the trip to Manchester for the day, most of them from the other side of Manchester. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, bollocks to over-celebrating. Also, I'd like to point out that there's a, a bit of a link here, over-celebrating. Who's banging on about it? Richard Keyes bangs on about it, but he's a meaningless fucking gorilla who lives in Dubai or wherever the fuck it is. Yeah. But, oh, is it Neville? Is it Carragher? Are they defenders? Are defenders pessimists by nature? Oh, I think they are, yes. It's, you've, got, you've got attackers there, and they're like, celebrate away. Go for it. Why not? Attackers, optimists. Defenders, pessimists. That's how it rolls. Do you know who said that? Ryan Giggs. One of the only true things he's ever said. That um, is uh, a very good point. I was watching a bit of the Salford documentary um, for my sins, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, and it, Gary, Gary, they were two 0 up, and Gary Neville was going, "Oh, I'm, I'm not happy here." And and Ryan Giggs just looks at the camera and goes, "Defender, pessimist, always moaning." Yeah, but yeah, look at everybody in defence. Peter Schmeichel, did he ever look happy? No, you know, it's always like there's always something wrong. Hmm. So you know, 
Were you centre back, yeah. Dave? <laughs> Man, I was a fullback when I played. Or left back in the changing room. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, look, Mr. Klein. Um, yes. I mean, you know, cup final. Personally, forgot it was on. Didn't watch. Seen the highlights. Um, uh, yeah. Did you watch? What did you think? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the League Cup, um, it went through this period where they were talking, even talking about scrapping it, but it suddenly had this resurgence. It's almost back to, I remember in the 70s, I'm old enough to remember, it was kind of a cup that, you know, you wanted to win. It was like, it was always the first cup final of the year, uh, not as early as it is now. It was usually sort of mid to end of March. And, um, you know, you wanted to win it. And it was a bit of um, kudos and a bit of, uh, you know, bragging rights and all the rest of it. Um, and then it went, it dipped, it dipped for a while, didn't it? And then suddenly in the last few years, it's it's had a resurgence. I think maybe because City won it, was it how many, you won it, uh, you retained it a couple of seasons, didn't you? I think we won it three in a row. Yeah, yeah like three in a row, something like that. And then we've, we've kind of, Klopp has taken the Cups more seriously in the last few years. Um, and probably because he's had the players to do it as well, the, the size of the squad. But I just... Um, I, I enjoyed it. I actually watched it. <laughs> I watched it. And um, normally I'm like, I can't be arsed with it. But <laughs> I watched it and I thought, yeah, it's it, there was a there was a proper atmosphere there. And I think, you know, it was two big clubs, obviously. And um, there was a lot at stake in terms of they wanted revenge, even though they said they didn't, for what happened two years ago. And, um, I mean, as a spectacle, it was all right. It was, wasn't amazing, you know, but... Uh, yeah, both clubs got revenge on uh, on the neutral viewer um, after <laughs> yeah. serving up two nil nil draws <laughs> that went into extra time and penalties. Uh, they uh, but, they produced um, a real so, thriller. But to contradict what you've just said, I mean, who scored yeah. the winner? Virgil Van Dyke, and the way he celebrated was amazing. He celebrated twice. <laughs> the first one being ruled out, of course, and then just just. <laughs> Just to uh, waving his fingers under his chin, just to uh, rub rub it in, he did he did a, pretty much the same goal, scored the same goal again, and celebrated. Well, he just went mental, didn't he? Let's be honest. Uh, interestingly, just going flipping forward to last night, young Jaden Dan scored, of course, for Liverpool, and he says, I, "I can I completely lost control the second goal." I'm like, "No, you didn't. It looked quite composed. <laughs> what you did, he sort of slid it on, rested on his elbow and stuff." I was like. If he'd just gone, <laughs> yeah, but mate, well, now we know, now we know that that is him losing control. So he's clearly yeah. a bit of a, you know, boring little bastard. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, two, two, two goals. So stick with the cup final though. Um, yeah. uh, also, you know, worth, worth mentioning um, record holders, Chelsea. Um, uh, no team has ever lost six cup finals in a row, domestic cup finals in a row. Um, also to go back about the importance of the trophy. First Chelsea trophy under Mourinho. He always yes. says how important that was. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that proved to his players that you do what I tell you, you'll you'll win medals. You know, well, footballers um, want to win. They want silverware. I mean, you know, Alexa McAllister is a World Cup winner and you saw, see him celebrating it. It's like he'd won the World Cup again. You know, so it's like winning is winning and medals are medals and, and the prestige of it. You know, it's there. And it's like it's only it's like the celebration police again, isn't it? You know, people going, ah, oh, it's shit anyway. It's only a tin pot cup or whatever. It's like, well, if your team had won it, you wouldn't be saying that. So it's just that jealousy and sour grapes again. 
yeah, yeah. I, I, I um the, the clop has just it's incredible really i was reading about how uh a lot of the players have commented on how he seems to have changed he's much more relaxed in the last few years he's leaving the coaching team to get on with stuff i mean he's, he's got he's overall in charge of course but yeah he's been prepared to take more risks they're saying especially in the last year or two and um, I think that's reflected in entrusting the kids. But I think equally, he's waited for that level of development through the academy to have those players who are sufficiently developed to come into the team and replace the first choice players and, you know, provide excellent cover, if not state claims for starting places when, when the first team, first choice are, are fit again. Well, I'm I'm going to um, I'm going to contradict you here, David. Actually, okay. I'm not. Jurgen Klopp is um, okay. uh, interviewed two days ago. I wasn't aware of the depth of my squad. I didn't think I would ever have to go this deep. These players are all surprising me. I didn't realise they were that good. That is Jurgen Klopp two days ago. Well, so it's enough. not. It's yeah. not. It, it's it's basically he's not being brave. Well, he's had no choice. He's had no choice. But equally. He has restructured the, the academy. I mean, he's this is this is the thing. Man United fans keep hearing him say, "Oh, he didn't win it as much as Fergie, you know, last season and all that." What was his legacy? It's like, yes, but he's completely changed the culture at the club. He's completely reorganised it, and um, he walk he can walk away now. If, you know, if we win nothing else, which is possible, um, I I think what he's leaving behind is incredible for someone else to come in. My fear is someone comes in and undoes it all. But I don't think that will happen. That's why they, they want, they're trying to get a sporting director in as soon as possible. Anyway, sorry, Dave. No, I, I sort of agree with you. And I, I think Klopp has been is incredible in what he's created and developed. Um, and that's why there's so my only question mark over who replaces him now, because obviously Xabi Alonso is seen as a favourite and he'd be fantastic. And But I, I say this, it's kind of like, would he want the job? And I say this in the sense of it's that classic cliche of you don't want to be the person that follows Klopp, you want to be the person mm. who follows the person that follows Klopp. Mm. And I think it's going to be an impossibly hard act to follow. And just to sort of add on the youth thing, and again, what Howard said about Klopp saying he didn't realise the depth of his squad, to sort of, to sort of go against that, something else that Klopp said, and it really struck me, uh, I remembered it, in 2020 when you won the league, he was interviewed and he said, I would love to have a team of Scousers on the pitch. That would be really cool. And I wonder whether, I mean, this is probably me just reading too much into it. I just wonder that now he's kind of leaving the club. Uh, maybe maybe he's going to do a Steve McLaren, which is, you know, when he left Middlesbrough that last game in charge, he fielded 11 Northeastern born uh, players. I, I wonder whether Klopp is thinking, yeah, I want to get this Scouse team on the pitch winning winning trophies. But then, as Howard says, it's probably more what Howard says that he's just got too many injuries and he's had to play them. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Klopp's, uh, yeah, I mean, brilliant and he's going to be a hard act to follow. So I, I can't take credit for that. It is, it is just me quoting Klopp. Um, right, but yeah. um, but anyway, look, that's that's um, you know we've 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 talked about Leeds, we've talked about overcelebrating, we've talked about Liverpool, um, so Man City, um, I I think that a, a perfect example of something that is that is rife in football is lazy fucking journalism. Yeah, uh, the the minute Arsenal uh, don't score, yeah, 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 really they need a Crisis. striker. They, no, they need a striker, despite the fact that they are banging in fucking 
billions of goals. They are they have scored more goals over the last like five or six league games than they have ever have in their history. But they, if they draw a blank, it will be yeah. oh they need a striker really fucking lazy journalism and the yeah. fucking bollocks laziness about Haaland. Oh, he doesn't look as sharp as last season. Oh, can he reach those heights again? Oh, yeah. will his injury and he scores five? Shut the fuck up. There's no story there. There's nothing there. I know. Pathetic. Yeah, I mean, two things as ever, you know, the people that know best are the player and the manager. And I think Pep said a few weeks ago, didn't he, about Haaland? He said, yeah, you will, yeah, you can criticise him, but then you'll have to apologise to him. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning yeah. he'll go and score five. And, I mean, you are right, of course, Howard. It's not just lazy journalism. It's lazy, uh, lazy fans like me. Um, you know, I, I say I was at the Chelsea game and he missed a couple of sitters, and and I was and I was one and I was talking to a mate of mine who's a City fan the other night, an hour before the Luton game kicked off, and I was saying, look, I know nothing, and I know I'm saying this, and it's absolute bollocks, but I'm going to say it anyway that you know that when I've seen City playing with Harden in the last couple of weeks, we seem quite static on the ball, and Doku beats his first man, but he's not kind of following through, and it, it just seems a bit static. And I said, I know this is bollocks. You know, to say that, you know, Haaland with, with Haaland in the team was somehow less potent. I said, it's bollocks. And I'm happy to say what I, I disagree with what I'm saying, but I'm saying it anyway. And then an hour later, he's banged in five goals. But, you know, you listen to the manager, then you listen to the player. And the most instructive thing was after that game, Haaland was interviewed and he said, yeah, it feels amazing. I'm back to my best. And it's him. He was coming back from injury. He wasn't feeling it. And now he's like... And when you see him back to his best as he was against Luton, you realise what a monster he is. And I suppose he just hadn't been showing that in recent games, but now he's kind of fully 100% fit and firing, and that means he's going to win you games. Well, also, I think that a couple of things. I can't remember the, the pundit or ex-player who's talking about it, but um, um, it, it was very good. Um, and he was saying, sometimes you say about Haaland, you know, he, he could have had four or five today. And today he did. He said, but last season, who scored the most goals? Erling Haaland. Who missed the most chances? Erling Haaland. He topped both charts. Really? You know, wow. and that's what striking is all about, as Shearer and Lineker constantly bang on about. It's, it's, it's missing chances and not letting it affect you. That is what the top strikers do. That's why it said your top strikers will miss more than anyone else. That's how they score more than anyone else. It's as simple as that. They shoot more than anyone else. They're getting the best chances more than anyone else. They make the best runs more than anyone else. And they score the more goals. But it also means, ergo, they'll miss the most as well. Well, that's what's been annoying about Nunes, the criticism of him. You know, it's like, oh, he needs to work on his composure. He needs to... It's like, yeah, he's getting in the positions. And yeah. like you say, he, he hits the post, the bar, whatever. But... He's getting in those. He's getting in those positions, and now he, he started scoring. I mean, I think he's. I think he's on fifteen for the season, which I know it's not amazing. It's not. It's not the same as Haaland, but that's the decent return. And we're not even. We've still yeah. got three months of the season left. He's going to be twenty plus by the end of the season, assuming he's assuming he comes back from injury soon. When when you say twenty plus, do you mean hitting the bar and post more than twenty times? No, I mean, mean goal. goals. Oh right, fuck, okay, just fuck off. I mean goals. <laughs> Four in one game, a new record, a new record. Yeah. Nuno crossbar challenge, that's what yeah. they call him. You and your gone lazy journalism, there you go. No, but you make a really good, you do make a really good point there. And the fact that like he's got 15 goals and yet. Yeah, I think it's 15. 
and yet people focus on like oh he always it's the post or the bar doesn't he yeah. i yeah. i but again it comes back to it comes back to um pessimism being the natural state of a football fan which is mm. like you know you can go what you could you you win 10 get 10 games in a row lose one and go ah you see we've been yeah. found out there you go <laughs> that's us that's what we're really like fucking downhill from here on now that's it and it's and, and it doesn't matter who you support yeah. what level you're at if you're doing well you're waiting for it to go wrong yeah it's true. it's just it's just human nature two three nil up you know two nil up we're all gary neville's mm, it's not safe though is it oh look at them oh yeah i don't, yeah, I don't trust that guy with a ball Fucking <laughs> hell. uh I've, I've made three coffees in one half last time i did that uh, we won <laughs> i've had two should i go and make another one yeah. <laughs> i'm wearing the wrong color socks oh shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's clearly that game that's taking it that's taking place three hundred miles north of where you live. Yeah, clearly the next coffee you make is going to have a big, a big fucking influence <laughs> on the outcome. <laughs> well, look, I, I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect place to leave it. Uh, if you're listening, um, go and make some coffee. Yeah, yeah. and um, and who yeah. knows, maybe your team will win a trophy. So uh, lovely as always. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure, David. Great, and thanks, Dave. That's all right, mate. Great to be back. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, lovely. I thought, mate, without a doubt, a Haaland-esque comeback. You know, solid. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, solid. Nothing spectacular, but, you know, good, yeah. good solid contributions. You banged in five good points during Thanks. the course of the uh, podcast. It's nice to work with smart people. <laughs> I sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that's yeah. what Arnold said about I'm Kevin back. De Bruyne. Get to the chopper! <laughs> <laughs>